Welcome to the Gathering Storm, ladies, gentlemen, miscreants, deviants, and degens. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I think that I think that picks up the entire hobby network. Uh, here we are on Monday. It's Monday, no, Tuesday the twelfth. Uh, it was supposed to be Friday, but um, Michael forgot we do our podcast on Fridays, um, so I'm we had to do it. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I'm doing the intro, Michael, so shh. So Michael has also agreed to not type or scratch resin off his hobby map whilst uh, we uh, we podcast this time. And look, whilst I'm kicking him while he's down, I am looking for a new co-host because the auspice <laughs> of this podcast is average guys, average 40k. And placing second at a major is far from average. But nonetheless, well done, Minches, you fucking meta chaser. Yeah, massive meta chaser here. Appreciate the intro, Ben. I'd like to point out to our listenership that if it was up to me, I you know would have recorded the podcast on Friday night, but Ben apparently thought he would not bring his stuff home and that would magically make for a great podcast Friday evening. And the best thing is, is he didn't tell me till I'd started setting up. Like I was like laptop out, headphones plugged in, and Ben's like, "Oh, I forgot my stuff." I was like, "You dropkick." You... Well, I offered to do it on Sunday, but because school teachers are, are overworked, you had to do school marking on a Sunday night. You know, Sunday night and Monday night, mate. It's been it's been hectic. Both my partner those, and I are both starting at six new hour schools. days. Those six hour days, man. Like, they <laughs> it's must just not really enough. get to. It's just not and. The, the knowledge that we only get paid for five of those hours is is really heartbreaking. Like, it makes yeah. teaching. Nah, teaching's a sweet gig. What am I saying? I love it. But both my partner and I are starting at new schools next term, so it's a little bit more hectic for us because we've got to tidy up all our loose ends and have all our data organised for whoever picks up our classes. So, I'm very appreciative of Ben's patience there for us to record on a Tuesday night, and he has already indicated that Friday night. Friday night we are recording yet again, which is very exciting. So it's going to be a double feature week, which is good. And yeah, I think the majority of this episode, we're going to talk about this uh, little major that I went to. Now, in my defense as an average gamer, taking the top dog meta choice to a tournament is, in my eyes, a, you know, doesn't mean that you're top, top shit. Yeah, like I, thankfully, like actually not meta chasing, I've got, 35,000 points of Eldar, so I definitely didn't just go, oh, I'll buy this army. I'm no certain South Australian who will remain nameless who talks about getting Fire Prisms or Illic Night Spears ASAP for their tournament. You know, I don't know anyone who would do that. Do you know anyone, Adam? I mean, oh, Ben, who would uh, who would do that? No? Okay, good. Adam, um, would, Adam Napier would totally do that. No. He's actually never. chasing an Illic at the moment. He's chasing an Illic at the moment. Lies. That ranger. Illic Knights for no, the 70-point loan operative. I know. I was just yeah, talking correct. shit on Napier. He wants to take <laughs> one to, to Rat... He wants to take one to Ratcon. Oh. Should have jumped on the bandwagon so earlier. He, he hasn't given up... He hasn't given up on Eldar post-nerf, so... He still Eldar thinks still good. OP. Eldar are still good, guys. Mm. Like, it's... The devastating wound change is devastating for Eldar, but also not, like, because it's the same change for everybody. And Wraith Knight's going, yeah, fantastic. That's I didn't like the Fire Prison build. 
I was not a fan of the Fire Prison build personally, so that doesn't affect my play style, which is good. Well, you're the only player that I've seen that has taken Wraithguard post initial nerf, post the first yeah, there, nerf, when they lost there was the a, pistol keyword. Yeah, there was a couple of us that took it to TNAO. Um, oh, so there was others taking Wraithguard. Yeah, I, I had a, the a bit of a chat. Uh, come on, mate. We're 40k players. There never is a consensus, is there? It's always, you know, everyone everyone thinks different. You're wrong. I, I'm right. Yeah. At the end of the tournament, yeah, you were right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and Brody and I had a bit of a chat about, it, and we go into that when we talk about our games. But I, I really liked them. I know that the two people I can think of that did run them were Sam Rubino and Lockie Gordon. And if I look at both of those players, just where they placed and how they did, I made a joke to Lockie Gordon, he's a good mate of mine. I just said to him, thanks for doing your best to try and minimize the old unearth as he did uh, did a bit of a submarine. Right, so Sam Rubino came 34th. He went four wins, three losses and a draw. And my mate Lockie Gordon went four and four flat. So I guess the jury would say that they're not good. Like if you're if you're looking at it from their results, but then I guess if you look at, you know, I ran the Wraith Guard because I love the Wraith Guard, and I'm sitting here with uh, second place, so they can't be horrible, in my opinion. What did you What did you win, by the way? What did I win? What was the prize? Uh, Stop typing! Stop typing! I was looking up people's places. That's why I was typing before you get mad at me. It was for for an actual reason. So first place was $1,000, a trophy, a medal, a glass. Second place was $750, a medal, and a glass. So massive, biggest prize I've ever won, 750 bucks, which is great because I'm going to Melbourne next weekend. So that's my uh, spending money done. Uh, the medal is a beautiful uh, – yeah, right. I don't know who does our medals up here, but I know that – I'm pretty sure they went through the same guy that Josh McGowan went through for – teams and these medals are just sexy like they're just nice medals so i picked up two second place ones recently lots of silver in my house no gold and then a beautiful beer stein that's embossed with Northside allowance second place so they were really really generous with their prize support they had cash prizes all the way down to eighth place which was awesome Shit. and then they they had bracket winners so the best six and two the best five and three the best that. four and four yeah so and then lots of lucky door yeah. prizes and it was honestly, I don't know how, considering I was feeling like death, but I ended up being like the photographer for them. And I must have taken about 200 photos of everyone getting their prizes at the end just to send it through. So it was an incredible event. Venue was fantastic. We, you know, talking to the TOs afterwards, there was two rulings that they had to make over 800 games that, you know, people weren't overly happy with, which is incredible when you think about it. So, like, amazing. Did someone event. take too many, um, too many enhancements. I will neither confirm nor deny the ability to count to three for our players. I'm staying far, far away from this because it wasn't me. No, I just you know you you hear things on the uh, in through the webway of 
um, of talk. Any, anyway, anyway, uh, before we um, let you climb back up onto your podium and and give us the, the grandeur of the TNA Open, uh, shout out to Phil Wessels at Dragon's Lair St. Mary's. Uh, Phil, you're a rock, you're a pillar. Um, and your shop is messy as fuck, but geez, you are... <laughs> You're doing you're doing great things for the community, and Phil told me a little while ago that he is getting people commenting saying, "Hey, I listen to the Gathering Storm, and thank you very much." We are 18 people away from giving away the Primark, the Lion L. Um, we were at 233, but one of them was like a, a, a spam account that put porn in our chat. Um, shout out to James South who told me about the porn in the chat. Yeah, look, I, I had to review the content. Uh, look, <laughs> definitely not appropriate um, for, for our later. chat. Um, I, yeah, look, I uh, I thought I'd give it uh, a more thorough look at another time just in case I need to report that individual. I haven't gotten around to it yet. Maybe tonight. Shout out to James South also. Drove around Adelaide trying to help me find a Doomsday Ark for my collection. Bought one for me. I've never even met this guy. Uh, sends Whoa. me his bank account details. I reimburse him on the spot. And he's dropping it to uh, Adam Napier's house tomorrow for me. So, chef's kiss, shout yeah. out James South, mate. You, Massive That is plus. a chef's kiss. So, um, I guess I'll, yeah, I'll shout out. Just a shout out to everyone that... To everyone that's listening to the podcast, thank you very much. Anyway. Yeah, you stole my line there. I was about to say a massive shout out to everyone. I was telling Ben just before we started recording, we are currently one listener away from 1,500 plays. So we are super, super grateful for all of you. Where It stokes the fire on us to keep on going, keep on producing the content, keep on letting us know what you love, what you hate. Ben, I keep on getting hassled about this Corn Army giveaway, so we're going to need to put a focus on that ASAP. Yeah, so... so so what? We're, yeah, we'll um we'll do little videos as in we'll we'll divide and conquer yeah. all the entries. We'll read them out, and Post them um, on Facebook. I'll, I'll contact Dean Dean Cinebeck to pick the best one. So easy, um, easy. Given he is the he is the blood god for the 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 cod blood, yeah, guy. So something like that. And then yeah, massive massive something. shout out to yeah to my mate uh, John owner of Irresistible Force, Atanamira, who's our other co-sponsor, did me a huge solid and has gotten me another Yinkan because one wasn't enough and I have OCD and it's not painted in my colour scheme, so therefore I had to get another one. And while I was at it, I went, well, your brain's not painted in my colour scheme and I don't have a Visarch painted in my colour scheme. So now I now have um, two of the Triumvirate and three of your brain, but we won't talk about the problems I have. And... Super, super excited. Uh, I've got Hayden Walduck lined up to paint these characters for me, and I know he's going to do a phenomenal job. Actually dropping them off to him tomorrow. Duck. Yeah, duck, no pressure. One, they need to look fucking hot. And two, you know, feel free to get them done in 10 days if you feel so inclined and want to give them to me for doubles. 10 days sounds like a reasonable time for someone with a young child and a baby and having a motorbike accident. Like, you'll be, you'll be fine, right? We'll see. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. We'll, well jump into it, though. Yeah, man. Um, so, Michael, you played in a major. Yeah, I played played tell, a game major. 
you played an eight-game major. Um, yeah. Hold my beer and tell me all about it and go. Look, I had to laugh because I remember the first, I think it was the first Adelaide Uprising, flew all the way to Adelaide and I'd had a few practice games on my list trying to get it sorted beforehand and I was quite lucky because Simon Godjevic from Queensland is is an absolute fiend, an absolute fiend. And I played him three weeks before the event, my elder against his dark elder, and he pushed my shit in. And then a week later, two weeks out from the event, I played him again. And look, I still lost, but I got a little bit better. And then one week out from the event, I played him again. I still lost. I'm like, okay, I'm not losing my 70 points anymore. I'm down to 40 point losses. Like, this is great. Fly the way to Adelaide, round one comes up, and it's Simon Gottrick the guy I've played for the last three weeks and I look at him and go I flew three and a half hours and spent all this money on flights and accommodation to play someone I've played every week for the past three weeks and he then conceded to (laughs) yet beat me yet again but it was by less and then this eight round event I'm like cool 100 people there's a couple of people I don't want to catch round one any WTC players let's just try and avoid them round one I get Simon again and I'm just laughing my head off as I walk over the table like of course out of the 101 other people I could draw, I draw Simon. Round one, I'm like, awesome, sweet. It's a good thing I've played with Wraith Knight a lot. I haven't. It's a good thing I've played against Tyranids a lot. I haven't. And I was like, awesome, sweet. Let's just play against one of the best players in Australia. Simon and I always have great games. We always have fantastic games. It's always enjoyable. He's an absolute gentleman. He's a freaking legend to play against. And he always is so giving of his time and advice. Uh, he took a very interesting list with fixed secondaries because spore mines can deploy teleport homers and get behind enemy lines, and that's a thing. So it was a very high-scoring game for both of us. He said after about turn two that he didn't think there was a way he could stop me from getting 100. He was right, um, which was lovely. So I got 100 to Simon's 85, so I only knocked him on primary. I only knocked him 15 on primary, and part of that was like the memorable moment from this game was one of his big Tyranid Gribblies on four wounds, 16 wounds, neg one damage, charged into my Wraith Knight. And I went, you know what? I'll overwatch. I don't have guide in my list. Got two hits. Got two sixes for devastating wounds. It was nuts. And I'm like, okay, so 2d6 minus one. I need to roll two nines to kill this big bug. First one I roll is an eight. No, sorry, it's a seven. Goes down to six. It's got 10 wounds left. I look at Simon dead in your eyes and go, all I need to roll is 11 or 12. Box cars. Simon just shakes his head laughing as he picks up this giant bug that should not have died. And that saved primary. And yeah, it was a super fun game. I learned lots of things about Tyranids, like Lictors all have precision, which is scary. And yeah, that was a scary way to start round one. But I felt much better afterwards because it was a good, good, clean game from me. And I learned a lot about how my list works. And I didn't make any big mistakes. And that's kind of indicative of my whole weekend. I didn't make any big mistakes, which is always what I try and do. I try and make as few mistakes as possible. Um, just to give your um, vocal cords a rest, when you say, and remembering that we're talking about the average gamer here, when you say big mistake, what would you classify as a big mistake, a small mistake, and a medium mistake? Alrighty. So a small because... mistake for me would like a small mistake for me is I forgot to shoot a unit. Like that's a small small Mm -hmm. mistake. Like that's something that 
right. you know, and not an important, like not, I forgot to shoot my wraith type. Like oh, I forgot to shoot these five ranges or something like that. Like it's, it shouldn't affect the outcome of the game ridiculously. So a medium mistake for me would be like a positioning error that costs me something that I didn't have to give up. Like if I had been cleverer with my movement, this resource would be safe. I think anytime you lose resources, it's at least a medium mistake and a big mistake something like not screening out your deployment zone, something like forgetting to do an action that you're supposed to do, which in a tournament game, if, if your time's passed and you say, oh, you know, I was supposed to deploy teleport homers, but I never said it and I never did it. Your opponent's well within the rights to go, we didn't do it, so you can't have it. And then you go, nope, you're right. So like a mistake that costs you lots of points. Lots of points is a big mistake. Right. Um, yeah, against Simon, I don't think I made okay. any, any big mistakes at all, which is good. Or even medium mistakes, just not knowing his army well enough was probably my biggest downfall. Right, so no big mistakes. Any medium or small mistakes? Uh, small mistakes. Some of my positioning with my warp spiders could have definitely been much better. So this positioning didn't lose me units, mm -hmm. but it lost me opportunity for things like Overwatch. So that became a... Yep a bit of an issue there because spiders are great at overwatch and I kind of missed that opportunity. Okay. Aside from that, All right. Simon, Simon knows Aside how to run this. So uh... yeah, pretty happy. Yeah. And Simon, Simon was recently interviewed by Sam, Sam Lemon. Yep. Shout out ethos and down under 40 K legends that they both are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, that's a look winning your first game at a major is good it gets you up and about um it it, it kind of sets you up for a day because let's face it a major is a big event it's a big couple of days and you need that spring in your step unfortunately if there's a if there's 102 players which i think there was there there's going to be 51 disappointed people at so least. at least um <laughs> yeah 51 at least. so look half of half of the people there would have been happy launching you in and you kind of you kind of take that stride you take that momentum into game two which was against greg greg, greg magnity I, i'm gonna butcher his name mcginnity mcginnity i don't know sorry greg coming from I'm... you glass houses yeah look i throw the biggest rocks and i shouldn't look the good thing about going into this next game was I at least knew his army because he was playing Eldar. This was my first of four mirrors in the I event. I did see that. Yeah, lucky me. The other thing that I knew going into this round is I actually didn't know the primary very well, and that cost me five points. There's a, there's a big mistake for you, Ben, not reading what the primary, like ruling up, what the special rules are. That's a huge mistake because you need to know. That's me like seven tournaments ago. I just... Yep. Just, yeah, I just felt yep. the pressure of walking up to the table and not making a not. fool of myself and then not reading the primary. Yeah. Um, but any, anyway, um, for the average so, yeah. gamer, no, your primary, going in, no, your second. Yeah, exactly. It matters. Going to this game, going to the tournament, everyone kind of knew that by the end of day two, there should only be one undefeated person. And they were doing a top cut. So the top four were making it. So I kind of knew, look, I need to go for as many points as possible in every single game because I want to be top cut was my goal so i want to make top cut that's kind of like what i'm setting out to do and coming into greg playing the eldar mirror which is always fun and against him he was running a very different list which i quite liked i like anyone who runs a different list 
Now, with his list, he didn't have a race knot, which instantly makes you go, hmm, that's a bit of a concern. He had some warp spiders, two warp spiders, two warwalkers, a viper, two void weavers, so lots of fast-moving little vehicles. Uh, D-cannon, specters, a spinner, two hornets. So lots and lots of little stuff. And he went with the ultra-chad move of Avatar of Kane and Avatar of Unite. So he had both big, solid boys. Now, early on, I managed to punk the avatar of Kane down to about five wounds with the Wraith Knight, and that was a big concern for him. He was a lot less useful then, and that kind of hamstrung him a bit. And then I think it was turn two or turn three, I pulled Bring It Down and picked up every single one of his remaining vehicles. So it was just like a, a big swing. This is the start of the conversations that I had where I believe Double Spinner in the Mesa then was the way to go because anyone who doesn't have double spinner in the in the mirror you've got an edge because you're much more guaranteed to pick up that unit to then teleport your yin can't where you need it to go so this game was good for me to get a practice i know greg's a quality quality play end up going six and two came sixth overall so definitely no slouch and ended up getting that game in a nice 95 to 62 win so two wins out of two was looking pretty pretty happy going into round three, avoiding any of any other of the big WTC players, aka Brody Middleton, for now. Okay. So two wins. Day one. How are you feeling? Uh, at this stage, feeling pretty good. I felt confident in my list, having a okay. couple of run-throughs in my list. I was really happy with the decisions that I made with my list, so that made me feel a lot more confident going to round three. Okay, so that 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 was my next question. So by about game two, you start having list regret, list doubt. Um, you know, you might start seeing a pattern. Some of your units aren't doing what you'd hope them hope they would. Uh, you. List preparation for me is tough. Um, sometimes you're trying to squeeze units in. Sometimes you're trying to squeeze units out to squeeze something else in, uh, or getting that enhancement in. And and there's a lot of doubt um, coming to a, a self-resolution that you've chosen the right units for your local meta too. I might add because you'd know a lot of the people on the list and what they run, how they play. And you got a tool for that as well, don't you? Yeah, you, gotta... you do. You've definitely got to look at who's coming to your event because sometimes that will make a huge, huge impact. Like, depending on the player, I know when I play it, whenever I'm playing, if people look at me and see that I'm playing and see that I'm playing Eldar, there's a good chance that I'll have indirect in my list and a healthy amount of indirect because I it's my style of play. It's what I like to do. So people would look at me and go, okay, people know how I like to play. They're going to go, okay, he's going to have indirect. I need to have a tool so you... to deal with indirect. So it's it's teching for your opponents, and James South, if you're listening, last night when we were chatting over Facebook Messenger, you had a particular unit, which I said, I don't think that's going to be necessary. Uh, my opinion, and I won't give away what the unit is, just in case you end up do taking it, and you, I don't want you to look sideways. Um, sorry, I just got to get rid of a cat. Um, it's it's teching into the local meta so james has yet to play a tournament locally so um yeah 
So no list regret by game two. You're happy with the way everything went. You're happy with list selections. Uh... Yeah, stoked. Absolutely really, really happy. Considering there was a lot of agonizing before the event with what I wanted to run. And that took yep. me into game three, which was against Thousand Suns. Now, <coughs> excuse me. I've played against Thousand Suns a grand total of one time. So that was a lot more experience than a lot of the armies at the event that I hadn't played into. With Thousand Suns, I saw Magnus, I saw a Vortex Beast, and I went, okay, this is a bit of a concern. Because I kind of know that Thousand Suns is one of those armies that can actually just damage. They can spit out so much damage and pick up so much stuff. And I definitely saw it in this game. Now, even, first with, term, even without the psychic phase, yeah. Look, there's one of the dudes. So the psychic like a, phase is when they used to slap. It was like they had three shooting phases. Three. Three, yeah, look, know, it's two shooting phases, then a fight phase. It's still ridiculous. It still yeah, they just double doom bolt right. and do all this other stuff. And there's this one dude with this gun. I was like, oh, cool, he killed four wraith guard with one dude's gun. I was like, that's a problem. That's that's a problem yeah. for one dude's gun to kill four wraith guard, but. In this, something I'm trying to get better at myself is proper procedures. So making sure that before the game starts, as you're going through the steps, you actually write down what you're putting into deep strike and reserve. And you don't go, oh, what do you, like, that's not how it's done. You're supposed to do it properly. And so we both did that. We both revealed. And I was really surprised because he started Magnus on the table. And I thought that was a bit of a risky move here. Hmm. So if you're talking about mistakes, this is a pretty big mistake. Because he had rhinos, he had lots of stuff he started off the board. And I was like, okay, I outdrop you. So I'm just going to wait and see where you put Magnus. I'm going to wait. I'm going to leave lots of space for my Wraith Knight. And he came to the realization too late that no matter where he put Magnus, I could put my Wraith Knight in a position where if I went first, I would move and be able to see him. So if I went second, I would so be able to fantastic. So, so he deployed his Magnus before you had your Wraith Knight down. So he didn't he have a choice. Dropped yeah. Magnus, is that what you're saying? He didn't have no, a choice. No, I, I had so many okay. little drops. So by the time it got round to right, him okay. putting Magnus down, I think I only had six or seven drops because he had, you know, put some things in reserve. A Rhino takes up like two Sorcerers and two Squads of Rubrics or things like that. So like that one drop is actually five drops. Yep. And yep, he yep, came yep, to the realization okay. yep. too late at that step of deployment where he goes, well, hang on a second, if I put Magnus here, can you see him? I go, if I put my Wraith Knight in this location, he moves 10, I can see you. He goes, what if yeah. I put him here? I'm like, if you put him there, I move, my Wraith Knight moves 10 and I can see him. So this was this is what I call a big mistake. And so he went, okay, yeah. I've stuffed up. I can't hide him. I need to be aggressive because you, you've got nothing else to go for. So that's what he did. He went aggressive and put Magnus on the front line. He goes, if I go first, I'm going to move. I discovered later on that Temporal Surge is a thing where you can move again. So, like, he's got, you know, like a 20-something inch remote range. And Magnus can can smoke a Wraith Knight. Like, it can definitely happen. So, for him, he's like, I'm going to go for it. And first turn was big. I hate gambling on first turn. He got, I was for- he got first turn? No, I was fortunate enough to pick up first turn this turn. And turn one, Magnus is dead. So, already right. he's playing a quarter of his army down. His clap back is pretty good. He ends up killing eight of my Wraith Guard. And I just watched my Wraith Guard getting picked up. I was like, what is happening? But for that clap back to happen in my next turn, I picked up two squads of rubrics and two of his sorcerers. So by the end of turn two, he's already lost so much potential. 
and his speed wasn't the best for secondaries and it ended up being a bit of a landslide that one. So that game ended up being 100 to 38. So I was pretty happy with that. You know, a nice big win to finish off day day one and off home, All right, off home so, I went. So you've, you've just towed someone up 100 to 38. Um, there's no fun in clubbing seals. Uh, he, he made that carnal mistake. Well, not carnal, but he made a, a major mistake. Yes. Um, he deployed his Magnus uh, and left it exposed to angles on a wraith night, and his only hope was to get first turn. So he basically set up that game for a dice roll. Yes. Now, what? how was he at the end of that game? Because uh, as victors, we also need to be humble in victory. Uh how how was he? Look, he was all right. He kind of knew early on that not deep right. striking Magnus was a big mistake. Yeah. And he played the best game he could. Also, you say clubbing seals, this gentleman, Peter, finished 10th. So, wow. pretty bloody big seal, to be honest. Like, Okay, I... so, so I'll, I'll just rephrase. When I say clubbing seals, is like when you absolutely pant someone. Um, yeah. Not, notwithstanding that they could be a good player, it's just... It just it's so happens that you, you, you rack up a, a big score and they don't really rack up a... They get their 10 points for paint and it sounds like you got 28 more. So, um, Yeah, look, yeah, if, maybe if a only a primary this was... on a home objective, defend stronghold. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah look, this, this is not the worst I towed someone up over the weekend either. It gets worse. Okay. So, look, okay. He, so he did everything he could, but... Yep. He, he ran out of resources. So went home uh, late night. I ended up carpooling with a couple of people just to try and save on fuel because it was north side and on the south side. And we kind of we knew straight away who we were playing the next day. And I was like, awesome, sweet. I'm playing Brody Middleton on table one, first up. Eldar Mirror. Which is a very exciting game for me. I have never played Brody before, seen him around, um, and went into the match as confident as I could be. All things considered, I know he's played Eldar for a while, but so have I. I've got to back myself a little bit here. We had a good conversation about the the differences in lists and how we felt about it. And in this type of matchup, it was really interesting because first term was so crucial. It was so crucial. It was going to make a huge difference. The table layout and terrain we had meant that I couldn't really hide very much. And then this led to a bit of a problem when I did not go first. Spoiler alert, did not go first. And Ben, we have learned that Eldar going first in the mirror is very important. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Dad Hammer alert. Um, when approached by your lovely wife to help put the baby down, you help put the baby down. Because um, happy wife, happy life, happy baby, happy hobby. That almost oh, runs with the baby. Almost. Down. Almost. Yeah, I'll give you that. That was A, a for effort, C for execution. Uh, C for execution. Look, baby, A, B, K, B, J. Nah, look, it was never going to happen. Anyway, so a start of day two. You're into Brody Middleton now. You carpooled back home. You got a good night's sleep. Uh, it was uh, your lovely wife frowning at your your uh, 
day away from home or she's totally chill. She's proud of you. She's giving you a pat on the back. She was really good. She was oh, really good. It that's was just awesome, man. It was a bit of a rush morning. Little man wasn't doing too well. So I actually <clears throat> had to message the tournament organizer and say, hello, I'm coming. I'm just going to be like a couple of minutes late. Brody was a legend about it. He understood like, you know, I think I was there at 9.03 instead of 9 o'clock. So it wasn't the biggest deal. Um, and yeah, we had a bit of a discussion about our lists. Neither of us really needed to explain anything, which is quite good. Had a lot of similar pieces. Both had Wraith Knights, both had Autarchs, both had Farseers, both had Spiders, both had Spectres, like the kind of usual. He had some Rangers, I had some Hawks, some slight variations. And yeah, we discussed the importance of going first. <coughs> Excuse me. And unfortunately, Brody went first. And given the map, the deployment, the terrain, Unfortunately for me, I couldn't hide everything. So at the end of turn one, I've lost two night spinners. Breaks my heart. Mm. Breaks my heart every time. So we're talking about mistakes here and little mistakes and big mistakes and mini mistakes. I don't know what else I could have done with the night spinners to hide them. Um, it was just a bit of a try and hide the most important pieces. He was quite clever. Got his brain over, made a decent charge into the second one to pick it up. And... I was on the back foot from there. Now, the game itself ended up being reasonably tight considering I went second. I went down in this round 87 to 72. So only a 15-point loss. And while we're talking about mistakes, I'm actually going to talk about one that I capitalized on with Brody. So Phantasm is a big deal, but you can't Phantasm everything. So I had Wraith Guard and a Wraith Knight. Can't Phantasm both. Now you definitely can't, but you know this was an issue. And he lines up his Wraith Knight and the Viper to shoot into my Wraith Guard and the Incarn for a charge to finish him off. Now, the Viper, when it shoots something, it takes away cover, which is important because about half the unit was in cover, giving him a one-up save. So even against the Wraith Knight's decanner, I'm getting five-up saves, and that, that makes a big difference. So he goes, okay, I'm going to shoot the Viper, get rid of cover, doesn't do anything. As soon as he does that, I go, cool, you finish shooting the Viper, I'm not going to shoot the Wraith Guard into your Incarn. And he goes, oh my God, I'm an idiot. He completely forgot about the fact that Wraithguard, once they're shot with something, can then shoot and can shoot any target. Now, the Incarn had already taken some damage just from proximity of being in my lines. And this was a huge swing for me because I went, okay, sweet. You've made the mistake of shooting the Viper first instead of the Wraith Knight to pick everything up. And I ended up killing his Incarn. So that's trying to capitalize on a big mistake there. And Brody knew straight away, he's like, yep. I've made a mistake. That was that was silly. I should have shot the Wraith Knight first, taken out five to eight of your Wraith Guard, and then I would have been okay. So that was a mistake that I then capitalized on to the best of my ability. Unfortunately, I wasn't quite able to get over the line. But considering Brody went eight and oh, and he scored six 100s, I was someone who took some points off him, which I was very, very proud of, which led into... Me going, okay, I can't play him again just yet. I can't drop a game now. I need to get as many points as possible in my remaining two games to make sure I'm making that top cut. Very interesting mindset to go into rounds so, two and three, but with that day with. So just for the listenership, I was following the TNA Open rigorously on Best Coast pairings, um, and I knew Michael had it up against him. The mirror into Brody Middleton, uh, who needs little to no introduction as a 40k player. Um, 
So you've started day two, Michael, with a loss. So you've you flipped what it was on day one, but you're still three and one. Um, as you say, it's not a train wreck, but you've got a yeah. You need, push. you need a bit of you need a bit of zest now. You need some momentum behind me. You've got a correct. You need to find that rhythm again. So you go into lunch break on day two. Come back from lunch. You've got game number five. What do we got? Uh, my third Eldar mirror for the event. Oh, for freak's sake! All right, give us a TLDR because look, there's lots of elder talk going on here. Yeah, look, this scoring 72 points in my loss put me in a really good position because I'd scored lots of points. If I just get some big wins on the board, <clears throat> I should make top four. Yeah. I played Finn Decker from New Zealand. Absolute gentleman. Absolute oh, gentleman. Fun Decker. Yeah, and we had an absolute... Well, yeah. this is what he said. I didn't use Lou, but I covered him a lot afterwards. This is one of those games where everything that could go right went right for me. And everything that could go wrong went wrong for Finn. So I'm talking turn one, I get first turn, I pick up some small spiders in his deployment zone. I teleport the Yinkan over. The Yinkan then shoots and kills his Autark Wayleaper with its flame arm, charges into a fire prism, kills a fire prism, and tags another fire prism. So turn one, my Yinkan's just gone off. Now, like I said, this was the game where Finn, Finn got 23 points and it was really hard for me after this game because we were, we were done pretty quickly and we were having some chats and people would come up and ask me, oh, how'd you go? And Finn's standing right there. And for those of you who don't know Finn, Finn's about six foot seven, big dude. And I'm just like, it was good. I won and just was really awkward. And we had a lot of laughs about it because he was an absolute gentleman and played in the best of spirits. But my income went on a tear and ended up before it died, it killed two fire prisms, a Viper, a Night Spinner, a Farseer, an Autark. Like it just went off. And it was one of those games where very, very quickly there wasn't very much at all that Finn could do. And yeah, great bounce back for me. Fantastic bounce back for me. And I really want to highlight this. Like, again, Finn is is no slouch. Finn is a quality player from New Zealand. And he ended up finishing 22. He went five and three. He had an 80-point loss, a 61-point loss, and a 23-point loss. So great bounce back from me, but definitely, definitely was was not an easy game going into it. Yeah. Game six, day two. This is the not hardest Eldar game. Again, was it? No, it wasn't Eldar again. Don't worry. Right. Not Eldar yet. Game six, day two, I truly believe this is the hardest game of an eight-game event. It's, you know, you're already playing more yep. games than you would in a, in a five-round GT. You're at the end. It's a very, very tense game for myself and my opponent because the winner, if they, you know, is almost guaranteed a spot in top cut, which means you're guaranteed prize money, you're guaranteed lots of things. Now, one thing that I was struggling with at this point is my knee. I had knee reconstruction surgery a couple of years ago, and I'm a bit soft when it comes to it. it hurts quite a bit. Now, the venue was carpeted aside from the stage where tables one and two were because they were going to be streamed. And then there was a small section. Streaming didn't show up, did it? No, streaming, streaming had COVID. didn't happen, did it? Yeah, which was a shame. But Right, streaming had COVID. I ended up yeah. for seven of my eight games on hardwood floor. 
the one game I didn't was the very first game against Simon. <coughs> Excuse me. So game six, I was playing Jacob O'Donnell, who's a fantastic player from Queensland. I've played him once before against the Zekonons with my elder without a Wraith Knight. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I don't think Necrons are a great matchup for elder at all. I'm definitely concerned That's about that matchup. They're weak into Elder or they're, OP, they're suited for Elder? They've got a game plan. They 100% have a game plan. And if you roll okay. really hot as a Necron player or you roll really not as an Eldar player, you can just get run over by point scoring. And I watched Lim at WTC do enough crazy things and I was like, I need to be on the top of my game. And last time I played Jacob, he beat me. It was 11-9 and team. So I was like, okay, I need to be on top of this. I was like, it's cool. It's fine. I've got a Wraith Knight now. Doesn't matter when Lich Guard have a two crypto thralls in there with four I feel no pains and then their own five I feel no pain, then neg one to hit, and it was just they're not easy to put down. Now Jacob and I played some really, really tight, clean games. There was lots of lots of positioning on his part to make sure that he could touch objectives, even with spinners slowing him down and had coherency and things like that. So it was it was definitely a, a strategic game, which again is great when it's not game six of a game tournament like that makes it really really tough mentally draining and it was at this point i started to feel more tired than i think i should have so this game ended up being a 99 62 win to me so jacob definitely scored lots of points but i ended up just picking up everything but his lich guard bricks i think in the end it was just like, okay focus on killing everything else if i kill everything else you can't tell the point in his back lines causing havoc made a big difference so end of the game we're both wrecked, but I've achieved the goal of top four. Funderbar. So you go home, bit of spring in your step. You've got a top four seed. Um, I think there was uh, someone pushed out of the top four uh, due to a, a discrepancy with the list. Um and that changed the matrix of the top four, I believe, for 100%. the brackets. Um, we're not here to name and shame people. Um, so the top no. four was originally, uh, I'll say, a massive shark tank. Like, we're talking a couple of great whites. Um, and <laughs> one of the largest... And yeah, I'm ahead. <laughs> and then Mike, who, who an average 40k player is just a dog shark. So, um, yeah. but but he's grown an extra fin, absolutely. Um, so the matrix of that final four, and you go into it. Talk me through it. Well, first so of you all, got, you got to spring in your step. You know, you know, you got you know you got prize money. Yeah, no, I got prize money. No, I, I've reached my. You goal. know. I was like, awesome. You, I've reached you need my a goal. podium, though. You need a podium. I want a podium. You need a so one, bad. two, or three. Yeah, I wanted Correct. a podium so bad. And I I had uh, the people I was carpooling actually came back to my house that night. We had a fire and we roasted marshmallows. I don't eat marshmallows, but I roasted them for other people. So it was quite a late night. And then I got a call from the TO to inform me of the changes in the top four at 10.35 p.m. And I was stressing because I was like, oh, what's happened? Nothing I had done, which was good. But they wanted to let me know as soon as possible in case I was preparing to burst someone who I was not going to be bursting. I was like, okay, cool. And then they told me who was in the top four, and I was like, oh, oh my god! Like we swapped, we swapped a ten foot great white shark for a nine foot great white shark. Like there's very little difference there for me. 
Luke Pierce ended up coming up into the top four. So the top four ended up being Brody Middleton with Eldar, myself with Eldar, Luke Pierce with Chaos Demons and some Chaos Knights, and Matt Falzone with T-Suns and some Zench Demons too. So rough lists, rough combo. I know I'm playing Luke round one, and it's the mission where your characters score three extra points for holding the middle objectives. He's got two lone ops that move quick in the Changeling and Blue Scribes, and then he's got Shalaxi, Bellacore, Bloodthirster, Lord of Change. And I'm sitting here with my Spirit Seer and a Yin Khan and a Farseer and an Autark going, oh no, this is bad. So let me guess, Bellacore was hugging those other demons, creating that you can't shoot me unless you get close as fuck to me. I've never seen so many demons have such a big struggle snuggle. Uh, and were they doing the struggle snuggle? Were they just oh, moving so around like a brick of, brick so of gangsters? Yeah. So, so I, I don't want to rain on your parade here, but my my Gumby into uh, demons, my game two as the Gumby on the last day of roll for damage, there was Shalaxi, Bloodthirster, Bellacore, and I think it was a, a Lord of Change. Anyway, yeah. I thought, just got to kill Bellacore. Kill Bellacore and they're all weak. <laughs> so I yeeted, a, I yeeted one of my knights up the battlefield and he took out Bellacore. <laughs> and uh, it didn't go well for him. So tell me, how did you how did you defeat the demons? So this game, this game was super tight. And this is where I started to really come down with some sickness. So I was definitely not feeling my best. I had a killer headache, was lethargic. And I was like, oh, great. Of course, I'm getting sick. So... Not only am I playing against some incredible players, but I'm also not 100% health-wise. So I, I know Luke, I've known Luke for many, many years, and he's an absolute gun of a player. He is a huge, huge talent and has been for many years in Queensland. So even though on paper the matchup doesn't look good for him, he's such a skilled player, and the mission was a little bit more skewed in his favour that really helped. This was a super tight game where it got to the point where we actually just used calculators to add up because I, I was fried, Luke was fried. We could not be trusted to do the mental math and ended up with a five-point victory, 68 to 63. So a low-scoring game, which would really affect me going into the last round. But I ended up with a win. There was a couple of big swings my way. I'm talking the Yinkan killing Shalaxi by the wound. My Wraith Knight doing it was 46 wounds to Bellacore and him having 15 wounds left and going, okay, average is 14, should die. And then I managed to roll 15 and pick him up, picking up knights with just enough wounds. And Luke Luke did fantastic on the primary, not so good in the secondary, and I was the other way around. So amazing game. He played in incredible spirits. And for the first four turns, really looked like he had me on the ropes. It was super, super tight, edging his way. So you got the dub. Now, are you guaranteed a, po- a podium at this point? So at this point, I am definitely guaranteed a podium. The lowest I can finish is third. The highest I can finish is first. But Brody Middleton went and got another 100 into another player. So he's sitting 7-0, 600s, and 187. So we had both done the math before going into the last round because that's what top players do. You look at what do I need to score to secure X, Y, Z. 
So we looked at the game. I had gone, okay, I looked at the people underneath me and I'd gone, I need 68 points. If I score 68 points and lose, I cannot be caught by the two people playing beneath me. It just can't happen. So I went in with a game plan of, I need to get 68 points minimum. But I also went, fuck it. I'm a, I'm a go for it because if I abs, if I do what I did to Finn, to Brody, I can win this thing. Which for me was a crazy position to be in going, okay, I'm playing for the win. Is it going to be easy? No, but I'm going to, I'm going for it. And then Brody reminded, well, let me know that his threshold to secure first place, he needed to score 48 points, which is not a great deal of points in a hold two for 10 primary mission. <laughs> so when we look at that, yeah, already I'm going, huh, not so good. And because yeah. of the fact so he only basically, needed, yeah, yeah he need, I need to stop him from scoring eight points on secondary. That's going to be really, really hard, yeah. funnily enough. So he Hang went on. in with 10 that type of game. 10 for paint, 48. Yeah. Yeah. 10 for paint, 30 for primary. He's he's almost there. So and I was like, okay. Eight for secondary. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Super hard to stop. So, and also really affected how he played because he played quite conservative and quite clever because he goes, I could sit here and I could get 40 for primary. 10, 10, 10, 10. And with my 10 for painting, I can't lose this event. Even if he didn't score a single secondary point, he just needed to score 40. And I was like, yeah, this is a problem. So I went for the big swing because I had to. Got first turn this time. Yin Khan went off again. I picked up a Viper. I picked up his Autark. I picked up a Fire Prism. Lost the Yin Khan in return, but was pretty happy with that kind of turnout. But after the first round of good cards for me, my cards just weren't as good. His were quite good. And look, he, he hit that threshold quite early. I think it was turn... Top of turn four, the primary pushed him over, so he was safe. <coughs> so he just played it played it conservatively safe. Ended up scoring 95, so I think it was 95. It wasn't, wasn't unfortunate. It wasn't as close as our first game, which was a shame. Yeah, 95 for him. And I managed to get 69 points, which first of all means that I won because I got 69 points and he did Yeah. And second of all meant that I had secured second place. So I had managed to hit the podium. I had only lost to first place twice. I was pretty damn happy with, with how that ended up. And then I proceeded to go die on the couch because I was actually super ill. Super ill. Um, so talk me through that, Michael. You go home from a uh, three-day major and say to your wife, I just need to lay on the couch because I'm not well. Now, see, I laid on the couch at the event because <laughs> I'm not game enough to go home. Uh, you go, huh, I don't huh. feel to. No, no, that's that's a death wish. No, I think I, there was. I, I just need I just need some me time now. Okay, it's yeah. been an intense. Yeah, I've, I've had a big three days. Sorry, can you just look after our chat? No, no, no. I was it was all hands on deck when I came home. I dosed myself up with Panadol and Nurofen. But again, talking to Brody about the game. Again, no no big mistakes from me, just he played the way he could play. Uh, I'd like to say that after two games against Brody, I hadn't made any really big mistakes. I hadn't done anything that was like, oh, damn, and that was that was something to be really proud of. And I have to give a massive shout-out to John O'Webb, James Cummings, and Micah Burnoff for looking after me as I was dying on the couch. 
because I was definitely dying on the couch. I was done. And I think I was done about end of term one against Brody too. So I was very nonchalant in a lot of my decisions because I just didn't care anymore. Uh, but yeah, ended up getting getting second place, which was really, really exciting. And I mean, my run was, I think I had the, the toughest strength of schedule. So the toughest run of opponents because I played first twice, third, sixth, 10th, 21st, 22nd, sorry. And then I think the lowest scoring opponent that I played was actually Simon, which is ironic because I think Simon played four Eldar games and lost all four Eldar games. They're OP. Yeah, apparently. Apparently OP. Yeah. But yeah, so well, um, setting out with the goal to so make yeah, top as cut. A, as I said, people, I'm looking for a new co-host. Um, <laughs> so if you... If you're in the bottom 40 of the DNA <laughs> Open and you're free every other Friday, um, yeah, look, hit, hit me up on the Gathering Storm. Um, Michael will be starting his own podcast, I heard him saying, um, called The Gathered Storm. Um, yeah, the Gathering Hurricane. Anyway, mate, well Ab- done. Above average 40K players. Well no, nah, thanks. And above I... average. Look, we... We, we set out to do this uh, to, to help people get better. Yeah. And, yeah, why not us get better too? That, that's the plan. And, look, I will give a massive shout-out to you, Ben, for checking in on me and cheering me on throughout the whole weekend. It was really, really appreciated. I had a lot of a lot of support from you and from others that were cheering me on and super, super proud of what I was achieving, and I was stoked. <clears throat> really, really helped. And I'm not, like, you know, it sounds funny, but... I heard the WCC boys talking about before, but just having people in your corner who are cheering you on, geez, it feels good. Geez, it's such a nice thing. Yeah. Cause you're like, yeah, like these people, they, they, they're checking in on me and they're looking at my games. I'm like, yeah, go, you good thing. Like, and you know, at the end of the day to finish second in a major, it's my best, my best ever well, placing. I think, I think I was actually saying, put your score in dickhead. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, surely that game's over by now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, some, I need some to of the know. games. I need to know. Need... It's and it's tough when you're not to there, know. isn't it, Ben? When you're like, all you have is you know no, Facebook no. Messenger or BCP. Like, please tell me what the result is. And you know, we 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 push hard in these events, and sometimes it takes a while for our scores to go in. I think stupidest thing I said all weekend, though, and I said it in front of a heap of the normal blokes. So shout out to Neith for making me feel like an utter twat. But in my delirium of winning my first game against Simon, I was really excited, but I didn't know how the tables were set up. And so I said to no one in particular, but a group of people, I, I then turned around and went, hey, guys, where's table one? Cue the comments from Denise going, oh, this guy, oh, where's table one? Oh, big shot over here. And I was like, fuck you guys. I just don't know where table one is. Stop taking the mickey. Because it turns out table one was up on the stage, so... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Which I would is... ask too because, you know, I've never been on table once, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you there, Ben. We'll um, get you there, yeah? Yeah. Oh, well, it... yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, hey, before we sign off, um, without revealing it, what did you think of my Necron meme? Oh, dude, I I think you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I've never been so terrified of <laughs> anything in the Necron Codex as I have been of Crypto Thralls. They are the number one terror in the world to me. 
I've never seen someone like Jacob make so many four-hour feel no pains and then bring back so many. I think I killed 18 crypto thralls in that game and I'm fucking over them. So if I, I would be taking as many crypto thralls as possible and just frustrating my opponent to lose. What? You don't like my meme? Look, speaking as someone who is running a meme at a doubles event, I love a good meme. Love a good meme. I just don't want you to get heartbroken from the crons before before it starts. On on other topics, just before we disappear, I'm going to ask you my favorite question to ask you every week, Ben. Yes. How's that? Uh, Hang on. The, um, the, the, yeah, the internet. Yeah, there's a scheduled outage, which is about to happen now. So, well, I'll ask this question uh, really, really quickly before it goes. The broadband. Yeah, sure. Uh, Can you just um, in- inbox me that question? And <laughs> yeah, look, mate, well done. Absolutely Thanks, well done at the TNA Open. Uh, I will see you again on Friday. And if you remember to ask me the question, uh, you can ask me then. But I will yeah. do. I will do so. Thanks so much. And yeah, everyone, Take thanks for care. listening to this episode. And I know it's been a lot of me talking, but if you have any questions, please hit me up. I'd love to love to chat about it because you know it's an awesome event. Massive shout out to the Northside Alliance boys, Reese, Will. They're the main two that I know. I know Andy Mulholland was there. Brett Warhurst, of course. Warhammer Dad, what an absolute legend. Thanks so much for running a great event, guys. And I'm really excited to see what you guys do next year and get Ben down for next year's one. For sure. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. For and we'll sure. catch you again very, very soon. See you guys. <laughs>